Hey, everybody. Welcome to Priorcaster. This is Bob. We're on our next uh, episode. And with me today is Baker, as he puts it on his uh, <laughs> on his uh, emails. But uh, it's Scott Baker. Scott Baker has been... Hi. Uh, hey, say hi, Scott. Hi. I have been uh, an, an internet acquaintance. Maybe that's a new uh, term we can coin. Can't we say uh, can't we say friends? I felt like we're sure. maybe an internet internet friend. Do we have to qualify it? Too? Is that what happens? I don't know. I like to think we're friends. If I was speaking to my children, I'd say, "Well, those are internet friends. Those aren't your real friends." Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> we're internet friends. We're definitely not real friends, but internet friends. That's that's internet something. Friends. That's something. But I've known Scott for probably twenty years, and he's had a, a lot of interesting uh positions uh and 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 things involving internet and audio on the internet and so that's why i wanted to talk to him because you know scott is a person who's a prior caster which i'm trying to coin that term a person who has done things prior to podcasting so uh we're gonna talk to scott today um so when do you think uh you started uh, well first of all when did you get involved in the internet and then how long did it take you to get to doing audio Oh, buddy. So first of all, I'm pretty sure we talked in 1999, 2000 at the latest, so 21 years. But uh, okay, so imagine this, a young Scott Baker, fresh out of college, I'm working as a hardware test technician, and it's 1996, and I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And I had just graduated the year before, yet, as you might have experienced, I started to see that Everything that I was taught in those previous four years started to become insignificant in real time. Um, my entire education just evaporated before my eyes in terms of like where things were going. Um, and so, I mean, this is the day of like postage stamp, real Windows media. If you were lucky and had a decent internet connection, you could download an MOV from Apple. But it was pretty much the days of like choosing a real player or a Windows media player and everything was postage, postage stamp size. But my young, however, 23, 24 year old mind was like, that's, that's where I want to go. Like, okay, like I need to get on this because whatever I thought I was going to do in like, bro I didn't want to go into television broadcasting, which I thought I wanted to do. And then I, and then I met all the people going into, into broadcasting. And I was like, I, I, these are all the people I avoided in college. Why would I want a career with these people? Uh, no <laughs> offense. Um, so um, there was a company at the time called V stream V as in Victor stream, like video stream. And they were in Boulder and they were started by these former air force guys. And, I don't even remember how I found the job listing at the time. I don't like, was it the paper in 1996? It was the paper. Maybe. Yeah. There was, I don't think even Craigslist was even monster. Much of a thing. Yeah. Maybe the Craigslist no, was, no Craigslist was not a thing. So. Yeah. Monster. No, no monster. So somehow I found out that they were hiring and I went to interview with them and I wanted to, so, okay. So what were they doing? They were, what they were doing was they were primarily getting, enormous libraries of content from Microsoft and, and large companies like that little bit of entertainment, probably like 75, 25, like 75 enterprise video, 25% entertainment. Um, and they were, uh, we weren't really doing much live, but they were just encoding video. That's all they were doing. They were taking VHS tapes, SVHS tapes, 
beta, uh, whatever sources we could get on tape, all we all the job was to just encode that video all day long into the different formats and different bit rates. And so, so this is 1999 now, I think when I get this job, nope, nope, that's not right. God, I'm sorry. I thought I had this down maybe like 97. So like maybe like 97, 98 or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So to my knowledge, and we, we thought about this a lot. I don't, I think we were probably me and Jesse and whatever the other guy's name was, we were probably the first three out of like what 20 people in the world whose job was just to encode video and, and audio. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's all, all we did. And so um, a lot of these were like Microsoft conferences, right? Just, just tons and tons of like, they wanted to catalog and, 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 and make their, um, and make their Microsoft training videos and event videos available online. Mm-hmm. And so I accepted that job and actually took a pay cut because I wanted, to, I just wanted to get in somehow so bad to online video and audio. Um, and so that's it. So that, so I'm, I'm going to say like 1998, um, my job for a living was all I did all day long was pop in cassette tapes and VHS tapes and whatever else people sent us. And then we would set up, we, we, there was one independent PC for every stream, right? So let's imagine I'm going to record some boring keynote for some company. Um, I would, we would put that tape in, we would route it, we would, we would send the signal to a router and then we'd route, we'd just, you know, duplicate, triplicate, whatever that signal down to these boxes below. And then we would have three mice on the desktop to, to control each one. Cause there was no automation encoding at all. Right. Right. And yeah, so start it and stop it. Yeah. So we would have like a, like a 16 K audio only version, like a 64 K 64 K video maybe is where we started. And then like 96 and 128, I want to say like that's that 128 was the top uh, bit rate that we were, we were providing at the time. Mm-hmm. But for each one of those, you would have to have a separate box. So like we would literally I'd be watching the video play and then do a countdown three, two, one, and then click like multiple mice at the same time just so that we can start encoding the video to all these different formats. And I did that day in and day out for like, you know, year and a half or something until my job oh my changed gosh. slightly. Yeah. So uh, while it was running, you just kind of had to hang out? Just to hang out or it, we would just be doing things in like phases. So like going, basically we have these pod, these encoding pods and it's, you know, that makes it sound like it's, was actually like a solution, but it wasn't a solution. Right. It was just a bunch <laughs> of shit wired together. <laughs> wired together, yeah. And uh, so we had several of these in this room. We were just in this windowless, loud room with one, two, we, maybe like six different pods. So we could have six different events going on at any given time or depending on what they wanted or whatever. So basically it was just going around the room. Like once we got one going, that was going to be 45 minutes. Okay. We can do any prep work on the next one, or we can mm-hmm. edit the ones that we did to, to sync the, you know, to, to cut the beginning and the end, the top and tails right. off to get them up into the system, to name them all the metadata and stuff. Everything was by hand, every single bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
now you think about that and you're like, boy, what a terrible. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's absolutely terrible ridiculous. Thing. But no, that's yeah. the way it was. That's the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then being, you know, under the, uh, the, the, the draconian rule of uh, uh, Rob Glazer and the real media um, uh, cost of like licensing and all of that stuff at the time, it was just, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The first, uh, the first, so uh, static radio is a show that uh, I've done for a while. And uh, the first year of static was on real media. Yeah. They did have yeah. the best, uh, they had the best audio at the time. Yeah. I, I thought, I remember thinking, I think windows to my recollection did the best job at compressing video at the time. I mean, we're talking, you know, this is like 90, like what I said, like 98 to 2000. Mm. Yeah. One, 2002. Um, but real did have a, they, they, their audio quality was, was always a little better. Yeah. And I mean, that was the, that was the standard. Essentially, if there was a standard, that was probably as close to a standard as there was uh, at the time. Uh, and now where is it? Nowhere. Yeah. Gone. Good riddance. <laughs> I can't so believe you, there's still an office. Like they do something. I'm not sure what it is, but there's still an office in downtown Seattle. They're uh, uh, probably uh, patent trolls. Oh, that's a good point. That's <laughs> probably exactly what they are. You're right. They have a patent on something and they're, they're telling people they owe them money at this point. More than likely. That's Most my guess. Likely. Not that I'm disparaging anyone or anything. I'm just guessing. No, it's, so. it's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. So you did, you did this thing for VStream. How, how long did you work at VStream? Uh, I just want to say like over two years, because then this is like, now we're entering the dot-com bubble. Like the dot-com bubble started mm -hmm. ramping up. And then I had my sites set on California. I wanted to go to San Francisco. I wanted to be part of the dot-com boom. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, wow, you're, you're a go-getter. Uh, there was a time. <laughs> um, so just, but prior, so about a year or so into being at VStream, we changed the company name because uh, I don't know why, but they wanted to get an audio conferencing. And so then they kind of tapped me to say, Hey, uh, we would like you to help us basically run a, you know, create and run the support group for, for, uh, for online conferencing, which mm -hmm. they're, did WebEx exist? WebEx might have existed at the time, so we know. might we might have been like a WebEx competitor essentially, but oh, because okay. we were we were a startup, we um, the the board members of who were helping to fund this our startup, um, all of the companies that they were funding were started using our platform for all of their mm -hmm. audio conferencing because you know part of the sure. the VC family. Um, and then I started to get into this strange world of like telephony and, and being on site for like uh, listening to <laughs> being in the studio while the woman who was hired to record all the prompts for the conferencing. And so it'd be like, press one, press one. Okay. Take it again. A little more energy. Press one. Okay. Another one to be safe. Press one. Okay. We like that third one. Can you try it again? Press one like <laughs> being around for that. Um, that was wild. And, um, and then I would have to, you know, in terms of technology, I don't know if it, you know, this, this is, 
deep in the stack. I don't know who cares about this, but um, I was using Gold Wave, which at the time I believe was a free, it was a free uh, online editing tool. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, it was real, it was super stable. I ran it on like a Windows NT 4.0 box. And the only reason I know that is because Windows NT 4.0 is probably the most reliable operating system <laughs> I've ever had in my mm-hmm. entire life. Um, it just never failed me for some it was like that was like peak peak Microsoft was Windows NT 4.0. Um, yeah, and I used to have to cut just random audio bits on Gold Wave. Um, and I don't know who that person was. I think there was a I feel like I tried to send them money at some point. There was like almost like a tip jar back then or something like that because right. it was so sure it was it, yeah, it was just a shockingly powerful and simple tool to to do, you know, decent editing for audio at the time. Yeah. So, so, do, you, so do you remember the name of the the conferencing, the audio conferencing uh, company? Yeah, well, the, so we changed the name changed from uh, VStream to Evoke Communications, and then when I moved to California, they changed the name again to Raindance, and then Raindance was purchased by somebody. I'm not sure. So, so you you went with them? To, did they move to California? When did you move to California no. with the company? Oh, okay. No, I, I, I bailed. I bailed. I, I, I went press zero. I went, I went, <laughs> I did. I basically said representative, representative, representative. <laughs> and then just escalated my ass so, out of there. Get out of that. So then I moved to California. Um, and okay. Uh, imagine, imagine this. Okay. Imagine a social website but for college students. Okay. Okay. And only for college students Uh and they would interconnect and be able to publish blogs and whatever they want and have, they would have an interconnected community of college students, essentially creating us free content. And we would host the websites and run ads on it. What do you say? Does that sound like a good idea? (laughs) GeoCities or Facebook maybe. Or Facebook. Um, Yeah. And that, that, that failed spectacularly. What did you do? You didn't bring it to the table? Well, come on. You guys had it. <laughs> yeah. It was the era of Friendster, if you recall Friendster. Yeah. Um, that was a thing. What'd you um, call it? What was the name of it? Because that, you know, was it called Guppy or something? It, oh, it, was, <laughs> it was so bad. It was called Inside Guide. Inside Guide. I'm so I think it was. Think. I think it was called Inside Guide because the found, not the founders. I actually may remember this. Really, the the founders, yeah. um, the Tanabis, T A N A B E. I can't remember their. Anyway, it was basically it was a couple who had written a very successful guide to how to get into colleges. Uh, the, you know, how to. Oh right. How, yeah. how to apply, write essays, and all that stuff. Um, which apparently was really well received and ha- gave them enough notoriety. I think they called it the Inside Guide. It was before Lori Laughlin and the Felicity Huffman's guide. Basically. Yeah, yeah, a, a much more a much a much more interesting guide, um, <laughs> although problematic. A yeah. much more exciting guide. Um, so yeah, so I think I think that's why they called it that because I think originally whatever best selling book for how to you know cheat your I mean how to study your way into colleges <laughs> uh, was called Inside Guide. So anyway, so so um, it was it was a fabulous time. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. And this is, this is leading up to me meeting you. So after that spectacular, after Inside Guide fails spectacularly, mm-hmm. um, 
I move on. How long did they give you? How long were you doing that? I I mean, did they give you six months or? They gave me three months. Three months to make this all happen. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, I I got confused. Let me take that back. So I was there in December of 99 and it was dead by May of 2000. Oh, okay. So a little while, (laughs) but not that much. No, I mean, it, was, it takes years it for fast. things to get going. So, yeah, and it was um, we, it was part of a network of sites under the snow uh, under the snowball.com umbrella. So, okay. um, IGN remains. You probably know mm-hmm. IGN. That's um, that still remains, and I think it does still does really well. That's the only thing that survived um, at the time. It was uh, uh, IGN Internet Gaming. Mm-hmm. Inside Guide for Colleges, Chick Click, which was like a very, you know, kind of female empowerment, like very cool um, women supporting oh, the, women's site. That was early, early. It was early. Yeah. yeah. And their big, their claim to fame at the time or what they get a lot of press around is I think Madonna mentioned them in an interview or something like that. So oh, they, really? got, they were getting a lot of mileage out of Madonna mentioning them in an interview. Um but it was cool for the time. It was really, you know, it seems kind of obvious and they would never call it chick click now, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but it was uh, anyway, so it was, it was an unbelievably cool office space of all of these little companies under the snowball.com umbrella, all working in this big, like peewee's playhouse type of environment. <laughs> um, and then one by one, they just started cutting off the companies until, uh, or the subsidiary or whatever they called us until there just one remained um, the internet gaming network. Yeah. And so I moved on to a place called streamingmedia.com, which is That's where I would meet I, you. I remember you. Yeah. Streaming Ooh. media. It only took us, God, what, two hours for me to get to that part. Um, but okay. yeah, so here we are. Uh, and uh, I think 1999 um, and I moved on to streamingmedia.com and became the technical editor for streamingmedia.com. Um, and, uh, we had events, we had a magazine. Did you ever get the magazine? Did you get the print I never, magazine? I, I never got the magazine. No, the, I did not. How the hell, how, how were you a well, guest? I, I probably asked for a free subscription and it was denied, but that's okay. I, that's apparently I had no juice at all. No power, no juice <laughs> that's because okay. you, you should have, you should have at least had the, <laughs> the physical copies. No, I, I, I remember going to, you know, the websites and whatnot. So, you know. Yeah, it's fine. I don't feel left out. I still have some old magazines. I think I can send you. That's if okay. you like. No, but... that's okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to ship me a box of your garbage. Come on. Well, come on. No, I don't. Let me smell it. That, that <laughs> smells okay. <laughs> what is that? Coffee? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, this one's. Yeah. The, oh, we have a lot of probably cigarette smoke in there. Um. <laughs> So yeah, so then, uh, so then, yeah, so then, all, all of a sudden, I went from, you know, being in the trenches of someone who was in physically encoding and not producing, but encoding and distributing content for audio and for streaming video, uh, to to actually producing some of it and kind of being on the editorial side and creating videos, and doing this website for Inside Guide. And then I move over to streaming media where I can kind of combine those things. And they're like, hey, you actually have experience hands-on with this stuff. And you also know how to write. How would you like to be a technical editor 
And I was going to ask you, what is a technical editor? What would, what would a technical editor do? Just make sure that they got the technical side of things, correct? <laughs> well, yeah. So my, my gig was like, I was focusing on the technology. So we had writers who were focusing on like, um, what it would mean for entertainment and the enterprise more kind of like, uh, um, business and operational um, ramifications of this technology. And, but my, my deal was primarily like, okay, you're going to focus on the vendors and the technology and kind of do like a consumer reports type analysis of who's doing what in the space um, hardware, uh, you know, what, what sites are, are popping up that are doing interesting things in streaming media and then kind of getting to like getting under the hood of all of those things and talking about how they're doing it, um, best practices, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, so that was my deal. So like it was, I mean, it was super fun and I got to do some really cool stuff. I got to go to Sesame street. I got to go to Sesame mm -hmm. workshop and talk to that crew about how they were archiving the the entire history of Sesame Street, um, they had built their own custom solution to handle the, the encoding, um, the uh, encoding and backup, all everything that you would think of in terms of the workflow of creating, producing, digitizing, distributing. They were they had a bespoke system that they were very proud of. That is also probably seems ridiculous now, and it can be replaced with a <laughs> laptop or an iPad. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought so, you were going to tell me, you're going to say cookie monster, put together this rig. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you got guys back there with cookie monster. We know how this works. Oh. Yeah. Big birds like running wires. <laughs> I'll run the wires for you. I'll run. I got them way up here already. <laughs> I've only got one hand to do it, but that's okay. That's funny. I yeah. just see Muppets doing the whole schmear there. That's that's where my imagination goes. Yeah, I didn't get to see the actual I, I, the I whole guess Muppet back end. I know. On I guess it's mystery. Yeah, I guess it's really not. Uh, I guess I'm kind of lying. I didn't actually get to see Sesame Street itself. The set itself, I think, it was in Queens, and I was meeting with all the the more boring IT people in uh, near Lincoln Center. But anyway, so that Still, it was, though, it was wild. It's tangential. It's all these tangents. Yeah. Yeah. I felt close to home. And yeah, yeah. it was, I, I felt like I was part of it for just a you moment. You can go, I am a zero degree separated from Sesame Street. That's, That's true. That say. is kind of true. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember uh, during lunch, uh, John Lovitz walked by and the guy I was eating with went, hmm, John Lovitz. And I said, that, oh, that's, that's the ticket. Said, that's, that's John Lovitz. <laughs> damn it 20 years later i finally have a comeback for it um That's i just think it was just an odd little memory from that moment because he it was almost like he wanted to impress me he was like john lovitz <laughs> oh <laughs> he's talking about the letter q today <laughs> just so you know uh yeah so i i it was a, it was a weird gig and um, super fun, and then we also had these big conferences and events. So we, in, in a way, we were kind of like, you know, it, it's uh, the old analogy of like the California Gold Rush of the only people who made money were selling the picks and the shovels, you know. Right, right. Um, and we were kind of doing it that at the time, like everybody was trying to get into the streaming media business and they didn't know how and what the entry point was, and mm -hmm. everybody was just trying something, and so. We were just making at the time, you know, until the dot com bubble burst, um, 
really good money at these events where these people were just trying to sell, you know, they were, we were essentially giving them a marketplace to try to sell their, you know, their versions of picks and shovels. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just, we just covered, I covered that industry for, or covered that whole era from 99 to 2001. Um, and then the dot-com bubble burst and um, things got really weird in September of 2001, you might remember. And, uh, and, yeah. I, and I just felt like, you know what, uh, this has been a fun run, but the writing was on the wall. We had been purchased by a large company who realized that uh, they purchased us. Um, they bought us when our stock was high you know, our right. proverbial stock was high and then the dot-com bubble burst and they started picking off, picking off people one by one. And it wasn't a lot of fun. So I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to move back and I moved back to the East coast. So only a few years out in California for you. I, I just remembered speaking of streaming media.com. I remember back in the day, I may, I don't know if I could dig up an email. I'm like, Hey Scott, get miles and I on one of these panels. <laughs> Somewhere, you know, exotic, like you guys went overseas. I'm oh, like, yeah. <laughs> we can we can talk for a while on this. London. Come on. Hong Kong. Why not? Anywhere, anywhere, as long as it's not the Midwest where I'm at. I think I even said I'd go to Chicago. So and instead, all I let you do is call into a talk show once. Right. Like I called into a minutes. talk show and basically was uh, uh, berated by another guest. From what I recall, <laughs> that's your memory of what happened. I must have been Pretty a horrible much. host just sitting back, watching, listening to you get berated by somebody else. Well, no, if you want to go into that just a little bit. So the funny thing was I um, on that on that show, uh, I can't remember. I think there was three people. I was one of three. And then you were hosting. And I think you might have had a co-host. If I, or yeah, maybe a different time. Bill, yeah. Bill Burnett, still a good. Yeah. Friend. And so you guys are kind of directing these things. And uh, I came home early from, I have a regular job. So I was at work. I came home early from work, but as part of the condition I had, my daughter was a a toddler. And so she was crawling all over me during this interview at the time, which is 20 some years ago. She literally was like coming up to me and, you know, dad, dad, I'm muting and unmuting and holding the phone. And I was on the phone, I think, even for all that. And um, yeah, you were. That was the only way we could do it. And then this other guy's like, "What? You haven't you haven't commercialized? Why haven't you commercialized? Why aren't you making money on it? What the hell are you doing over there?" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm just a guy in my house." <laughs> oh, that's what I, I remember. God, I, feel I was bad. just like, I feel "Wow!" Bad if I let that. Oh, happen. don't. No, I thought it was hilarious, and I I used it uh, later in Liberally. my uh, endeavors. <laughs> I definitely have been heard, hearing about it for, for a long time, but that was, so that was, uh, I, yeah, this is, I was thinking about this today. Uh, oh, because you're, I mean, the, I don't know, this is kind of irrelevant, but turns out, um, I now work with two of the guys that I worked with at streaming media. So like oh, really? 20 it's years, all come back. 20 years later, it's just, it's wild. Um, but at the time, I hope we it wasn't had... that guy. I just said it was a jerk. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. That guy is probably like, I don't know, in the Virgin Islands now evading taxes probably. or something. Probably. Um, but we had a, so the point is, I don't remember what we called it. I mean, we called it a talk show. We, it was called hands-on. Uh, it was a technical talk show about 
streaming audio and video. We did it once a week and we had to, I guess we had a, we had, we had some free deal with an audio conferencing company, but we had to do everything through the phone. Mm -hmm. So we would basically do an old school audio conference with you all dialed in. Um, I would play the intro from like, we basically had a dedicated PC to play the intro to a podcast or Mm -hmm. webcast. Um, And then there would be essentially like a support person on the line listening to the show and recording it on their end. And then they would send us the, uh, they would send us like the wave file and then we would have to do the encoding to make it available for real. I think we just did real in windows media. I don't remember if we allowed download, but, um, just again, like ridiculous, like seem, seem like unbelievably innovative at the time. Like, Oh, this is great. We call in, oh, yeah. we got a guy sending us a wave file back. Um, nobody was doing that. I mean, I was, uh, I was very thrilled to be invited, uh, even though it was a weird experience, but, <laughs> Uh, I, I well, was very thrilled to be invited. So I, I love, so I know this isn't about you, but it, it is kind of about you. Like I loved, I was obviously listening to everything I get, could get my hands on. And I was also putting this like streaming site of the day thing together that I would produce. It was just an audio, basically like it, I would do a write up on a, on like static radio. I did a write up on static radio, put your logo up there with a link to your website or however I used to listen to you. I can't even remember anymore. Yeah. And, um, and then I would have like a, like a two minute audio blurb of me just talking about what I like about this, what I like about the site, what they're doing. Um, and for you, you and miles, it was like, to me, I mean, and, and what you've been, what you've been doing for what, 22 years now. Yeah, I guess so. 22 years. It is. I mean, it, it is the model for like, you know, some of the most, <laughs> not yours of course but some of the most popular podcasts yeah yeah unfortunately not, not, not ours <laughs> and i remember you asking me at the time or no this is when i was been on your show one time you said you said do you have any advice for us on how to monetize this and i was basically yeah. like no i don't No, no one ever had any advice for that except for that one guy who said why aren't you doing it but he didn't have any advice either hey so. buddy don't you get it this he is just the, said you gotta do it you gotta do it and i'm it's like the next well, big what, thing. what do we do what do we do um, the funny thing is, um, you speak of the model for this. So, and I find this funny. And this is kind of what this whole project is about: is just talking about these things because this is everybody just thinks it all kind of you know sprung from the earth no. as a whole. But this is all these kind of things happened. And I remember, um, and, and I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound so stupid, but I have to mention it because it's in my head. And and uh, so whenever podcasting eventually happened, Adam Curry had a list, right? And we were on that list and we were, you know, within the top 25 people on that list when it came out, right? This list had maybe, I think he stopped doing it when he had a hundred. Yeah. So it was a a BFD, man, a BFD. I know. And so, but the thing was, I put our shows down as static radio colon name of the show. So this would be, you know, like a uh, last week's show for us was called Shadow Chasers. Static Radio calling Shadow Chasers. Everybody after that, the name of the show, colon, name of the episode. And I mean, I watched it. I watched it happen in real time. And I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? You know what I mean? I'm like, this is, you know, you, uh, that's why I say what I say it. It sounds so stupid, but 
No, it, literally, it, it doesn't. I'm watching but, that list, but no one else did that. Everybody else said, you know, you know, episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. I'm like, no, no, no. And I can remember our first one was called Crime uh, Crap Scene Investigator was the episode that was the first one. So it's a static radio colon crap scene investigator. I like that. Literally, it's, I like that it's colon crap scene. Yeah, colon. That's right. <laughs> but then, and then I just watched as the rest of this list as it grew everybody just adopted it like almost immediately. And, and it's just like you, you mentioned that we were basically uh, and you, you as well, probably if you think back with your co-host and everything, I listened to uh, Stephen Gary, Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer out at uh, WLS in Chicago when I was a kid. So when I was younger and that was my, that's the model for me. Now, oddly enough, Miles, uh, is from the Chicago area. I'm I'm from way away from the Chicago area, but we could still get it because it's you know WLS, the world's largest station, and um, and so that was the model. I mean, it was two guys cutting each other, you know, with with different personalities, talking about what's happening uh, in their lives, and and essentially putting each other down. I mean, in a way, you know. Uh, breaking each other's uh, balls, like a, a buddy, a buddy comedy, yeah, a buddy comedy, totally. Yeah. Cop, cop, buddy, whatever you want to call it, it's a classic motif. But anyway, I, I'm sorry, I wanted to throw that that story in about the no, I'm the glad stupid you did. Colon, no, it <laughs> stupid colon, <laughs> but I'm I'm glad you did because I mean, to most, you know, a lot of people, this is going to sound like the you know the middle-aged cranky white guys talking mm-hmm. about back in my day, back but in my day. but we were like you um it's like so, so there's a there's a tv show on now on uh it's a cbs thing whatever that's on whatever it's called uh lower decks and it's about the oh the star trek yeah it's about the yeah. crew the life of the crew in the lower decks mm-hmm. and we're like and we're in a way decks. we're the lower <laughs> we're, we're like the pioneer lower decks you know what yeah. i mean it's like we were we we were in the lower decks in the trenches while the pioneers were like trying to, you know, to, to blast off the future of streaming media mm-hmm. and audio. And we were right there. We were right there underneath actually doing things like moving things along, providing templates for what might come next, experimenting and things like that. And sure, nobody remembers us. That's fine. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. But um, it was, I mean, it, that, and that's why I wanted you on, you know, on that, on that hands-on episode, because to me, it was like, yeah, these guys are talking all business and trying to figure out like how our business is going to make money off of this. But to me, you guys were an example of like, oh man, this is going to be like, this is going to be like the talk show of the future. Like, and these guys um, are, are doing it in a way that like, it was, you know, you're not, you're not, you're, you're goofy and, but, and, and slightly off color, but you're not, you know, you, you know that there's an audience listening, you know? Um, and so anyway, I, I just, I admired that. I really enjoyed you two and s- still do you a little more than miles, but he knows that. Um, so well, miles is the one that always gives you things. You should be thankful that he's given you that's a good several point. prizes over the years. I have although, once... although I will say I gave you the lunchbox just so you know, he had nothing to do with that. He doesn't even know how to even do anything like that let alone how to get it to you but anyway i did win some major awards um when you yes. had contests major awards yeah. it was very exciting 
Um, I think actually, I think the thing I'm most proud of was I won the award for best story about, um, about uh, shitting your pants. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if this is an explicit podcast or not. Sure. Uh, you can beep that if you want to, but um, yeah, I had a childhood story that made you both laugh so hard that I won the yes. award. Yeah. I'm oh still gosh, pretty proud of that. Look up the name of that episode now. Yeah. I'll yeah. And you, you, <laughs> you sent me an autograph roll of toilet paper as, as a trophy. And there you uh, go. I'm sorry to say I don't have it anymore. It was water damage. Well, you, and you probably used it. This, it was, this recent, uh, <laughs> this recent pandemic. <laughs> oh my God, we're running out of toilet paper. Wait a second. I have a major one. award. I just got an autograph, but I'll tear it off and we'll just yeah. use the rest of it. It doesn't go all the way through. It's only on the first three plies. Yeah, I wanted I I, I wanted the, the autograph though. That was mine. So <laughs> I used the autograph part. To be honest with you, I think Miles sent that to you. So my uh signature was faked. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I hate to break it to you all these years later, but chances are, probably, I don't think I touched that roll of toilet paper. I'm over it. <laughs> so you, you've you done all these uh, different jobs now. Now, the one I was actually was just talking about this earlier today with my son, because he was asking me what I was going to do. What are you, are you working today, dad? What is going on? And Kinda? I said, yes, I have a call this afternoon with uh, Baker and you worked, if I recall this correctly, I believe it was for boston.com. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, I know this guy, he was working. <laughs> so tell us a little, I mean, is this the next step after streaming media? I'm, I'm getting Almost. back on your thing there. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I had the, I had the, you know, uh, an existential crisis post nine 11 that I think a lot of us had. Sure. Um, and my intention actually my what I had planned to do was move in with a friend in Brooklyn, moving back from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nine 11 happened. And I was like, maybe I just want to like live in Maine for a while and reassess things <laughs> because <laughs> I a good idea at the time. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like a good idea. So I love Maine and I moved to Portland, Maine, which is one of the most, you know, Maine is just a, super special, wonderful place. Um, and I've very luckily got one of the only multimedia jobs probably in the entire state of Maine. And I work for Time Warner Cable for their website around Maine.com. Every time Time Warner installed cable in anyone's home, they would make the homepage for the house around Maine.com. Mm-hmm. And so um, just by that little... <laughs> hack alone <laughs> we we got a lot of traffic and so i spent two uh probably like about three years <clears throat> producing video and audio kind of npr style audio stories about like the life of um like tattoo artists these um uh these immigrants uh who were taking classes to become certified like uh, EMT, just, you know, like real, just kind of, uh, I don't know what you call them, just kind of neighborhoody local interest yeah. type of stories about Maine. Um, and I got to go, I mean, I just got to do some of the coolest things. I got to go to this guy's barn where he was restoring classic cars and he just had like, you know, 
two stories of classic cars in an old barn and looked exactly the way you imagine a guy would look like who's lived in Maine <laughs> all his life, you know? Um, and, and, and so I, I spent, um, that's what I did there. And then to your point, um, the economy started rebounding, uh, boston.com, which is really an extension of Boston globe, mm-hmm. um, the newspaper, um, they were looking for somebody to do video product management, to get into streaming audio, streaming video for the website. And so I just had this weird bundle of experiences of both producing content, you know, being on the, the technical editor side of having the experience of understanding the space and everything. And so in 2005, I started working at boston.com as their video product man- manager, essentially. But for them, w- w- was doing the same thing, encoding video, producing it, working with local cable stations to get relevant clips from their uh, New England Cable Network, which I think is still a thing. New England mm-hmm. Cable Network, um, working with some really, um, Steve Safran, shout out to him. He'll never listen to this, but Steve Safran <laughs> was, he was kind of on the bleeding edge of New England, New England Cable News. Like he, his mind was going online very early on. Mm-hmm. So he and I had a lot to talk about and, um, and yeah, and just partnered internally. I, I, w- I would go out on shoots with Boston Globe photographers and teach them how to shoot uh, digitally, you know, um, and how to cut and, and, so forth. So yeah, it was a wild experience. It was kind of like, it, it was, it was the era of, it was the era of newspapers um, hitting real dire straits, mostly because the classified business was gone. Right. And that just destroyed them. And it was, right. whew, I mean, and it, uh, it's, it just a is, lot of, a lot of free money on that classified business. Just and it was a lot of people supporting the classified business. Right. Like I would walk through the Boston globe, and like the first tour, it was like, that's where the classifieds used to be. And it was just rows and rows and rows of empty, mm-hmm. um, empty desks. Um, and that, so, you know, that was the time, this is 2005 newspapers are freaking out. Everybody's trying to figure out what's next on boston.com side. We're trying to do some kind of fun, inventive, creative stuff. Um, we are not, we are not the Boston globe proper. So we're, trying to figure out each other like the the globe and marty baron the infamous and you know i shouldn't say infamous because he's a great man marty (laughs) baron editor of the washington post previously the boston globe he he was there at the time and so part of it was kind of talk not him directly but kind of talking the globe into making this move over to providing more video online video reporting um and streaming audio so that's what i got involved in for three years i think yeah wow you bounced around a lot i thought you were there longer than three years but i thought you were at streaming media longer than two years i i I know i can't when i start to add up the time like the the two well the two years also seems hyper compressed because like that's that's all i did like i mean there was many deadlines where i was sleeping on couches it was just (laughs) get up go to work go to the pub with the people you work with talk about work do you know go get dinner wake up do it again and it was just, you know, it was just kind of like always being on. So even though it was two years, it, you know, we, we lived a lot of life in, in, two years. in those two years. A lot of know? experiences in two years. Yeah. Went all around the world. It was, it was wild. Yeah. I think you went to Thailand or something for one of those streaming Hong Kong. things. Hong Kong. That was it. Yeah. That was, that yeah, was really I try, cool. I tried to get in on that too. No luck on that, but 
Oh, you would have hated it. It's too humid. Too humid. So hot. Probably. So hot. Yeah. I'm just looking for a free trip. Yeah. That was my thing. <laughs> yeah. That was probably like the biggest crowd I've ever had to, because I would do these like intro one, uh, streaming media 101, where mm-hmm. I would essentially explain <laughs> what it is and how it works and <laughs> and what you should consider if you want to get into it. Um, and that room filled up and it was... Um, it was wild. Yeah. Like Hong Kong was ready to hear about streaming media. In, oh, in I'm sure. Yeah. Pretty wild. So this is really wild. Like I can't even like now I'm talking about all this. I'm like, I'm like wow. You've, you've lived a life, young man. It sounds, it sounds, life. it sounds nuts. It's, it's probably sounds insanely boring to most people, but it's <laughs> at the very least, it's well, a lot of experiences, maybe not ones that people want to have necessarily, but it's a lot of experiences. No, but this is what, this is the experiences that people have. I mean, to be honest, you know, it, uh, it's funny. Uh, when I talk, I talk about these kind of things with, with folks, it's funny because I've brushed up against so many people that uh, names, you know, Right. So I uh, have emails from Adam Curry in, in early podcast time and even later podcast time. And people are like, what? You know, um, because they know that name. Um, and I'm blanking on the other guy's name, but there is an infamous uh, documentary called We Live in Public. Um, and the, he was a person who was early streaming and he wanted he we were in talking to him about doing our show on his uh, network. And he's a, a very bizarre person, apparently, <laughs> if you watch the documentary. But I have emails from him, which I'm blanking on his name at the moment. But it's not um, Z Frank, is it? Does that name? No, Frank? no. It, this is pre Z Frank. Yeah. Um, he dresses up as a clown and does some strange things. But anyway, <laughs> some people will know what I mean I when I say that. Definitely don't know. But, <laughs> Um, there was a group who lived in a house in Syracuse, uh, New York called hate the radio that we were involved with, who still, I think do things now, which is an early network, uh, for shows prior to podcasting. And so, um, you, um, I've talked to people at XM satellite radio. Really? Doing, yes. I mean, we didn't get picked up or anything, but I did have communications with them prior to their merger with Sirius um, when they were looking for content. It, 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 and it, 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 we didn't fit, um, but I mean, that's fine. The interesting thing though is just like you, I mean, these are all things that when you talk about these things, they're gonna, people are gonna be sparked. They're gonna say, I remember streamingmedia.com. You know, maybe they'll even remember uh, VStream, but I, I don't, you know, recall that one so much. But yeah, well, there they, was also a legal dispute between us and a company called VoiceStream, who was doing cellular, oh, cellular okay. at the time. So yeah, I think I think that kind of forced the hand of dropping VStream. Boston, okay, they had to move it. But then Boston.com is, I think, is still it's still still happening, right? So yeah, I think, I don't know that it's the same as what it was. No, I think it's there's a no way bit of they got hole. rid of that. No, you know? no, just no. the domain alone. The domain alone, exactly. And it, it is fascinating um, as we have these conversations to see that, you know, it, it, you you joked about lower decks. It is the lower decks, but you literally, there was only two decks. There was yeah. the, the deck that was above who got all the notoriety. And then there was the rest of us who were 
doing uh, a lot of the pre-work that then the upper decks, you know, took to another level because yeah. of funding or uh, these other things that we don't, you know, know. Um, it, it just is fascinating that um, uh, we all were, we, we, it's literally, we were all in the same pool, Yeah. but you didn't know it because of the disparate amounts of uh, uh, space, you know, because we were on the internet before people were doing things on the internet. It's always, the internet still is a consumption media, you know, you, you go there to consume. Uh, not necessarily to produce, even though there are a lot of people, more people producing now than ever before. Um, at that this time here, we're talking pre-2004, the producers were few, very, very few. Yeah. And I'm hoping to talk to a dozen people in that era, and it's going to be hard to find those dozen people now. Um, you're one of them uh, because they're... I mean, I know there are, were more than a dozen, but it, those are the dozen that I think that I have contact with uh, directly who aren't, uh, who are going to take my phone calls, who are going to take my emails. <laughs> They're the ones who are going to be like, well, who the hell is that? Um, so, yeah, it is interesting that um, we brushed up so much against all these people. It, it, it is interesting that how this has happened over time. And most of the people that, that people know nowadays had nothing to do with any of it. They jumped on uh, from other places. So most of them are, uh, you know, I thought Barack Obama's got a podcast. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> He's the president. What's he doing yeah. this shit for? <laughs> Come on, guys, leave that to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he comes from politics. They come from entertainment. They come from uh you know uh literary circles and so forth so but they they did not come from the the whatever you want to call the uh the groundswell they were not part of the groundswell we yeah. were part of so you you still do things um in this vein so why why are you still so invested in in producing online content um now after all these years well, I, th hmm. great question, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, I, I guess most recently, so COVID is as part of the being around the house a lot during COVID kind of thing. Um, and my wife who is, and I'm not saying this because this is this thing you're supposed to say, but <laughs> Very few people make me laugh harder. I'm not going to be the one to say, nobody makes me laugh. Harder. But she's like top shelf. The way we riff and play off of each other. There's often times where I'm sitting around and we're, we're just destroying some television show we're watching with comments and jokes or whatever. And I'm like, I think people would like, like, there's no one here, but I think this, I think people would like to hear this. Like, this is, I don't think this is funny to us. I think this is just funny. Um, and both of it, my, my wife is um, an oil painter. Um, she's a, she, she's one of those people who she, she, you know, she has several degrees. She's an insanely good student. And she's someone who um, when she wants to learn how to do something, she'll put in the time, the due diligence, her patience. So, so it's, so she's just become an exceptional artist. A lot of the travel that we uh, take 
we always try to see, you know, a muse, like museum or some, some, some kind of art. So art's just a big part of our lives. And so I just said to her, and she listens to like so many people do, and especially women, that's, this is just statistically true, right. love true crime and true oh crime stories, yes. you know? Um, and I was like, what if we did, what if we did an art crime podcast? Like we'd love art. We love like art crime stories are generally victimless. Like in terms well, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people lose property, but they're right. generally nobody's harmed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not really interested in the, the bloody true crime stuff, but I am very interested in art. I am very interested in these art crimes, which are kind of more fun, a little spectacular and kind of sexy crimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what if we, what if we just give it a shot and see what happens, you know, let's just record a few, let's just go for it. Um, and we did, and it kind of became like, um, you know, we've been together for 16 years and it almost kind of became like a date night, you know, like we would, we would keep secrets from each other during the week because I'm like, okay, don't tell me about the crime. I'm going to do the research on the artist. Um, I'm going to look up some recent art crime news because there's always art crimes going on, which is probably surprising to people who aren't paying attention, but there's art crime going on all the time. There's like repatriation efforts of like returning Ben and bronzes that have been stolen. You know, like there's, there's a lot of information. So every week she focuses on the crime. I focus on the history of the artist whose work was stolen and we would get together and it was almost like, you know, like, like in 16 years of knowing each other every week, we have new things to tell each other that neither of us know. Yeah. And so I get to react fresh to her telling me the story about something being stolen. And then she gets to, to react fresh to like what I've learned about, you know, what's going on in the news or like something specific about the artist that maybe people don't know. And so, um, we put it out there and then we just started getting uh, uh, people who work at the Victoria Albert Museum in London started reaching out to us saying, we love your podcast. If you're ever in London, please let us know. We'd love to give you a tour, a, a tour guide in Rome who's super interested in art crime. He reached out to be like, I love your show. If you're ever in Rome, I'd love to take you on a tour. And then it, it just it just became the most rewarding, lovely little thing that we were doing. Um which took a lot of work. And so, um, but it was the first time, so all this to say that it was the first time in my life that I really put myself out there as myself producing something saying like, Hey, I'm now, I'm not, I'm not reporting on this stuff. I'm now someone putting content out there um, and to see what happens and what it would feel like. And it was just incredible incredibly rewarding. And I think also, you know, from a midlife crisis, COVID life is too short. We're all going to die. Here comes the asteroid. Everything's worthless. Why are we even trying? Um, it felt, it felt like, you know, like, Oh, we're kind of leaving like a neat artifact behind, you know? And some people who know us personally are like, don't get me wrong. I, I genuinely like the podcast. Like I like the, the content and the format and everything, but I just like listening to you guys talk to each other. So there, you know, there's, there's probably, you know, a, a quarter of our audience who's basically just listening to see if they can determine if there's cracks in our relationship. I think (laughs) it's probably what they're doing. You don't realize that there's a uh, a podcast partners uh, podcast that's going on and saying, these two people are obviously have tension. If we take this, take this moment right here and then they play a clip and then they'll be like, yeah, you can see that somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight. (laughs) <laughs> that see that's a really good podcast idea <laughs> i will counter that podcast idea with one that i've had for a long time called 
I'm on your podcast and mm-hmm. all it is, is me taking like one of your episodes and yeah. cutting it up and inserting my own commentary <laughs> in with yours <laughs> and then putting it back out. There you go. And it's called, I'm on your podcast, on colon, your podcast. static radio. And then the next <laughs> week it'll be, I'm on your podcast, colon, whatever. You could, you could call it unannounced guest. I'm an, I'm the unannounced guest right here. Mm, like think, that one. All right. I think, I think I'm on your podcast is strong. Yeah. You're going for the, you're going for the mass singer crowd with that one. Which apparently is a crowd. It's big. It's a huge crowd. That that's when I, that's when I know that's one of those things where I realize I don't know anything about the world when the mass singer is like a number one hit on TV. I know. My mother's like, have you watched them? I'm like, mom, I am not watching that shit. I don't care who's masked. I don't care for their singing. <laughs> like, do you realize one of the panelists is a doctor who just parades around naked in movies? What kind of life is this? But last week it was Lorenzo Lamas in the costume. What? Lorenzo Lamas. Well, of course it was. <laughs> He has a beautiful voice. I well, I'm I'm glad. That's what I'm just like. I don't get that, but that's you know. Again, that's why we're at the lower decks here. That's why we're not at the on the upper decks is because we don't have that uh, insight. Apparently, I'm still pretty. I I still have a very big appetite to just know what the hell is going on in the world. Like whether I'll you know watch something through or follow it is one thing but i do like to know from music or video or whatever the zeitgeist is or whatever they whatever the youngins are listening to or watching or whatever i do like to at least like get a taste of it or a sense of it or whatever even if it's not my thing um but like that in particular like there's and there's other things too but like the mass singer that's where i'm like oh this is like so far out of my like I, I don't even, I can understand most things, but that's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm getting old because this is the thing that I can't believe is doing incredibly well on television. I'm with you though. I, I do explore. So I know what it is and I know how it kind of works, but I'm not going to bury my head in the sand on everything, but uh, I do try to find out, you know, uh, I've got youngins. And so I find out through what they're uh, doing. Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately, for them, they're just as strange as I am, so it's not necessarily totally mainstream, <laughs> but uh, it's somewhat mainstream. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's the uh, the caveat on all that. So, but uh, uh, Baker, any closing thoughts uh, on all of this business, this stuff that has happened uh, over the last? Uh, it is a couple I mean, it, decades. It, it, if we think back of, you know, knowing each other for 22 years and in that time, uh, you know, radio is gone to hell radios, newspapers. Um, Mm -hmm. like it's just, it's amazing. Like we both got in on the ground floor of something that looked really exciting. And I think probably because we had similar, you know, educations or interest in mass communications and film and TV production. Yeah we saw what was happening and just could see like, Oh, I don't know what this is going to be, but this is, this is where it's going. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I even, I look back at some of the articles that I wrote in like opinion. I I wrote an opinion piece of back in the Napster fiasco, you know, where I was like, I was like, dear RIAA, this is what you should be, you know, stop 
freaking out about Napster and this is what labels should be doing to, to get closer to the audience. And I, I look back at some of that stuff and I'm like, oh, wow, I got some of that right. And then some of it I got incredibly wrong. And I, I can't even believe I thought that way at the time. Um, but the point of it is to say that like, you know, you and I and many others, we, we saw, I get, I'm repeating myself, but like, we didn't know where it was going, but we knew it was going in a, in a direction and how do we fit in? And how, and I think you also are just so curious and kind of a, a, a curious person and, and a generalist in terms of like, I don't know if I want to be an expert on this, but I want to know a little bit about it to see if like, can this serve me or, um, you know, is this something that I could find value in? And, um, and then, and then now it's all here and now it's, you know, like it's, it's just, it's, I don't think a month goes by where I don't think to myself, I know I don't have my phone nearby, but like, holy shit, this stupid thing, um, is stronger than, you know, or it's more powerful than, the entire building of equipment I worked with in 1995. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and, um, and, or, or the idea, like it's just everything's everything screens. And, and there was a, a, a wise, one of my favorite um, Bob Kemp, who I think he went to NPR and I think is he still at NPR? Just a great guy. I worked with at boston.com. Mm-hmm. And when I was leaving boston.com to go to bright cove, which is an online video platform, um, and get even more into the weeds of, of online video production. He said to me, and this is circa 19 or no circa 2008, I guess, or 2007. He was like, well, everything's going to be video, right? That's just, everything's going to be video. And, um, he just said it like, it was like, it was just destiny. Like, Oh, I get it you know, I'm glad to try to keep you here if we can try to keep you here, but I totally get why you're going to, to, to bright cove. Like the future is video. Yeah. And, and now here we are like living in a way that I imagine, or let me, I guess, let me rephrase that. It's now 2021 and we're kind of living in a streaming utopia that I, I think, I guess the question is to you is like, is this kind of how you imagine it playing out more or less? Yes. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yes. I, I had, um, uh, I've been fortunate to work with people who are very uh, curious and we had <laughs> maybe too much time sometimes to talk about these things. And I, I have a, a conversation that I had uh, with these folks who are very smart folks. And um, I said, you're in the future, and this would be, you know, 2000. So this is this is a long time ago now. I said, in the future, it's not going to be what do I want to watch. It's going to be I'm going to have everything I want to watch available, and it's just a matter of me deciding when I want to watch it. There'll be no times. It'll just be released on a date, and and you'll be able to see it. And they are like, eh, maybe, maybe, you know, and I'm like, no, this is where we're going. And, and that was because of just the trends back then, even this was when we were talking the little, you know, postage stamp video. And um, the only difference is that that from that statement is that um, 
and this is probably one of our problems is I can't think about the monetization. And the only reason now that you can't watch what you want when you want is because of monetization. Um, ever, somebody owns pieces of it and they don't want you to have it available or Netflix pays a billion dollars to get Seinfeld. So you got to have Netflix. But literally at this point in time that we live in, um, there is no reason why you can't watch anything that's been created that still is in an archived uh, format, no matter what that format is, at any time. It, they're just not allowing it. I definitely, that, I definitely did mad. So <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did not expect. Um, I did. I definitely did not expect this the same mistakes to be made as cable made that we try to get away from so desperately mm -hmm. i mean that's we, we just talked about that constantly back in the streaming media days of like this will end the reign of like cable companies having domain over the pipe and having domain over the content um and now i have youtube tv which uh, mm -hmm. i love but it's the same problem it's yeah. the same the bundling problems all all of it it's all it's it's we're just repeating the same business mistakes that drove users that that made users want to flock to streaming media as soon as possible mm -hmm. sure. um and then we just re repeating those same business mistakes again and it just makes no sense to me like getting getting passive aggressive emails from from uh um from channels or from youtube tv saying like um you know, Root Sports Northwest is being mean to us, so we don't want to, you know, have them on YouTube TV anymore. Right. And and then Root, Root Sports sending me an email saying YouTube TV is mean and they want <laughs> they don't want to give us enough money. And I'm like, first of all, leave me out of this. I don't want anything to do with your stupid fight. And this is like, this is so old school. Like this is yeah. we we had plenty of time for this model to work, and you all oh, yeah. blew it. The, the interesting thing is that there's plenty of money floating out there if if you want to have to monetize it. The problem is it's just uh, the pie has gotten divided up and, and so people are even more, um, you know, coveting of their piece of the pie. Um, but it is very interesting that that it, it, it is there. Uh, I don't know that we'll ever get to the point where we'll get out of these models because essentially these models is what drives commerce a little bit there. And so, you know, on the next wave Baker, as you and I enter our uh, retirement age, <laughs> we need to be a little, apparently we need a little bit more uh, commercial minded on these things so that we can uh, get our piece of the pie uh, yeah. rather than watch it go in other directions, but maybe not. I don't know. I, just just you saying next wave just gave yeah. me a flashback of being on Leonard Nimoy's TV show called Next Wave, which was oh. essentially a paid advertisement. And they flew me down to Burbank to talk about streaming audio and video. Really? On his talk show. You don't remember that? I no, I, think, I don't. I don't I don't think that I actually oh my saw God. that one. And and he was mean to me and it was not fun. And <laughs> It Who was is a, this kid. <laughs> yeah, they it was it was it was like they kept us away from him until it was time to shoot. And then I was with uh uh uh, uh oh, oh, oh what's the big uh avid remember avid oh they, yes little thing avid yeah, uh so, no but I, no. I used I used avid equipment in the past, yes. 
Yeah. So Avid, <laughs> Avid was, I think Avid essentially was the one paying to have this kind of Avid infomercial oh, done. Gotcha. And it was called the next wave with Leonard Nimoy. And it was essentially like paid advertisements where Leonard Nimoy would pretend to be interested in a technology. And then they would have the, they would have the, uh, and this would play at like CNBC at like seven in the morning on Sundays, right. that kind of thing. And they had Avid Technologies, who I'm, I wasn't sure footing the bill for this, talking about how great they are. And then they would, they would cut to a package that was pre-done on location at some, you know, Avid studio that was using Avid. And then I was supposed to be like the the subject matter expert on the panel to like, I don't know, give some legitimacy to this, to the charade that this was not a paid inf- infomercial. Um, and, um, and I said some stuff that I probably would regret saying if I, you know, went back and listened to it now. Um, and then uh, at the end of the show, I was told, okay, uh, Mr. Nimoy, uh, we'll see you now. Um, and I had heard him earlier, like yell, <laughs> yelling and laughing with, uh, with the makeup artists. Um, and I was escorted into the makeup room where they were cleaning off his makeup. And they said, uh, uh, Leonard, uh, this is Scott Baker, who is in the panel with you today. And he gave me a side eye. And I said, I just want to thank you. You know, thank you for being on the show. Big fan. Um, we just published uh, a, a magazine for the first time. This is our first issue. I would love to give you a copy of it. <laughs> he hasn't said a thing to me at this point. Not not a thing. <laughs> Never made eye contact. Grabbed the magazine out of my hand. Threw it onto the counter in front of him. Just onto like those big makeup tables with right, all the lights. Yeah. Threw it on the, on the table and looked, looked at himself in the mirror and said, I'm sure I'll read it cover to cover. (laughs) And I did this out of the room. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. And then I got back on a plane to San Francisco, but I stayed at the same hotel as, uh, as, um, uh, as some couple who brought exotic pets onto the tonight show. It was oh. Johnny Carson who was still there, there at the time, I believe, or yeah. no, it was, must have been Jay Leno. Been Jay, yeah, um, so the uh, so um, the lobby that morning uh, before I went to the to the shoot um, was filled with animals in cages. So that was kind of fun. That's interesting. <laughs> and that's my story. <laughs> that, that's my Leonard Nimoy story. Well, that's fantastic. See, look, you and said next. I know you send a lower decks as well. <laughs> Holy shit. We're full circle. Oh my God. Totally. Well, you said next wave and I was like, next yeah. wave. Oh my God. Next that was wave. the name I'll of the show. That up now. This You'll never find it. You'll never find it. I'm pretty sure at some point he gives me the hand while I'm talking as if to say like, okay, stop talking. And I think they <laughs> left that in the cut. I think if you watch it, I'm trying to explain something that I probably don't know enough about to you know, to be literate. And he just goes, uh, yeah, okay. Like, I get it, Scott. Let's move on. digitize this video. I get it. It was here, how now come, it's here. How come they just don't have the hard drives on the cameras, Scott? <laughs> uh, that's a, We're not that's there good, yet, that, Leonard. That's, that's a good point. Uh, latency? Uh, no, no, that's not the... Something about latency? They're not fast enough. They can't spin. Uh, anyway, they don't have wow. 10,000 RPM drives yet. <laughs> did i answer any of the questions you had planned to ask me do you think yes hold uh, on let me wrap up here okay 
So let me finish. Let's roll this out here. So then uh, thank you, Scott, for uh, being on the uh, show today and uh, showing us how, showing, just proving to us that you're a Priorcaster. Catch us next time. I am Priorcaster. <laughs>